0: Hi everyone and welcome back to the SOEI Japan podcast, the place where you can learn more about child trafficking in Japan. My name is Aneri. And this is Yuri. We're so happy that you could join us again today. Mm. And today we have a great topic because we are going to talk about internet safety for children under 18. Yeah, (laughs) big headache for all parents, right? We can learn a few things ourselves here, I think, today. Yes. And before we get started, one of the things that always amazes me about Japan and specifically about Tokyo is you can get on a super crowded train. Even Mm. now during the COVID-19 pandemic, it is still super crowded on the trains and it's just dead quiet. No one says a word. It's so interesting. I really need to study from you, Yuri, why this is happening. Um, And I I guess one of the reasons is that people just really respect each other's privacy and Mm. they don't interfere in your space. Um, But it looks to me as if the other main reason is that people immediately grab their smartphones and their eyes are just glued to the screen for the whole trip. So Mm. it actually looks more like we have a serious smartphone addiction problem. And (laughs) and I think I'm actually guilty myself. Yeah, I agree. Um, The
1: quietness on the train in Tokyo That was something that I also had to adjust to Coming to Tokyo But yeah, with the phone addiction, I agree I think I'm guilty myself as Mm -hmm. well Um, Because, you know, all the information we need You know, our train schedules, payment apps, emails You know, private emails, work emails Whatever it is, everything is on phones, you know It feels weird not to have a phone for even five minutes
0: Mm. So, since we have both confessed now <laughs> that we have a problem, um I think what would be very interesting is to see how we compare with your average Japanese teenager. Mm. We have some information on that, right?
1: Yes, we do. On the website nippon.com, there is a report of a government survey that was conducted in 2019 on the Internet usage among Japanese children. They found that high school students spend an average of four hours and eight minutes online every day. Mm. And 99% of high schoolers said that they use the Internet and 91, almost 92% do so via
0: smartphones. Oh, wow. And I'm... Pretty sure they are not using their phones to study for an upcoming science test. (laughs) Yeah, not quite. The main reasons
1: to go online were communication via line and other media. Watching videos such as on YouTube and playing games. This is a very common trend for all
0: age groups. Hmm. And for listeners outside Japan, um, Yuri, you now mentioned the app called Line. Mm. So Line is by far Japan's most popular social media app, I think among all age groups, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um, And it started out as a messaging app for smartphones, but it expanded so much that you can now use it to read the news or access manga and music. It even has its own payment system, right? Mm -hmm. Mm. So really, um, very actively used app. And... I read that Line has more than double the uh, monthly active users than Facebook in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Line is part of daily life
1: for Japanese people. Uh, I remember when I was a teenager and Line you know, started to become very famous. Mm-hmm. And um, after the big earthquake in tohoku 2011 Uh, this app actually became more popular because you know the function of um, when you send a message to another person um, there is a section that you can see whether this person read your message or not and this function became very helpful during the time where people were trying to find their family members their friends and all the electricity was down um, that's you know That's when it became even more popular in Japan. Mm. And now um, there's a really good summary of Japan's unique social media trends on a website called btrx.com, where you can clearly see that Line is the most popular social media platform with about 80 million users, followed by Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And this is in Japan.
0: Wow. And as you say, the line is really great for um, the natural disasters because Japan still has a lot of earthquakes and tsunamis mm. and many things, right? So I think people are really encouraged to use line purely for safety purposes.
1: Yes, totally. And when it comes to online safety, I will also say that parents also need to pay attention to apps such as Himabu, a messaging app for students, and an app called Saito san. This is an app where You know, anyone can sign up and, you know, just talk to strangers and you don't have to mention your name. You don't have to show your profile. You can just talk to strangers online. And these kind of apps became very dangerous for young teenagers and young children.
0: Mm. So currently it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Himabu, Saito-san. Um, And I guess the moment we end this podcast, that list is going to be outdated because so many thousands of new apps being developed literally every single day. So it is impossible to stay on top of it app by app, I would say. Yeah. When we record this podcast tomorrow, maybe we're going to be seeing
1: the different apps. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And especially for parents, the kids are always a few steps ahead with technology.
0: Mm. So. Uh, Why should parents be concerned about it? I mean, what are the dangers that children face online? And specifically, why is the internet or social media so dangerous? Mm, First of
1: all, there's no such thing as privacy online you know anything that is posted is there forever and even if you see the button says delete but it does not mean it's gone it just means you just don't see anymore the moment you post a comment or photo it's like getting a
0: digital tattoo that will stay with you for life Wow, digital tattoo, what a scary term, actually. (laughs) Um, It spreads so fast and so wide and there's no way going back, actually. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the big mistake all of us make. Somehow we think that we are posting something within a private group, so it's going to stay within that group. And as you just mentioned, that's just not true. The moment we post it, the use of that content no longer belongs exclusively to us. Mm. So either the social media app um, company themselves or other users that are in that group can use that information. And um, I was very interested in Facebook because there's Hmm. always a lot of talk around Facebook, right? And (laughs) and this is not a Facebook bashing episode at all. Yes. but I, I just wanted to understand the dangers so I looked at their terms and conditions and if you read the terms and conditions um, it specifically states and I can actually read their exact sentence mm-hmm. that you grant Facebook a non-exclusive, transferable, sub-licensable, royalty-free <laughs> and worldwide license to host, use, distribute, modify, run, copy publicly perform or display translate and wow. create derivative works of your content wow. so you could have a photo of your child, uh, maybe in front of their school or a location that is prominent, Mm -hmm. and depending on your privacy settings, um, that photo can be shared with others, uh, even service providers of Mm -hmm. Facebook. And of course, this will apply to other social media apps as well. So Mm -hmm. the important thing I think here is parents must check the privacy settings on their accounts and on their children's accounts. Yeah, that is a very important point, and I'm sure
1: like many of us haven't actually Knew, know about this yeah. fact who reads it right yeah in terms exactly of
2: conditions.
1: <laughs> and social media companies have you know policies where they make an attempt to protect user information to a certain extent but we need to assume that every single piece of information that we post has the potential to go viral or land in the hands of people with nefarious uh, bad
0: intentions
2: mm-hmm.
0: and maybe two kinds of dangers there um There's information that is maybe emotionally sensitive that could Mm -hmm. harm a child or harm a family. So if a child posts something about parents are going through a divorce, um, it clearly indicates that that child is vulnerable Mm. and uh, open for exploitation. And Otherwise, it could be personal information that is released, like the child's school or home address. And if that information falls in the hands of online predators, it can place the child in actual physical danger.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And personal information can sometimes be disclosed unintentionally. A very practical example is that a child might post a photo online with something attached to it called geotagging. This means that a trafficker can get the longitude and latitude from a picture and find out where that child is located and the exact time of when the photograph was taken.
0: Mm. And today we are very honored to actually invite a guest into our Zoe studio. (laughs) So uh, joining us now via phone is Chris Miyamoto. And uh, Chris has an IT background, but more importantly, he shares Zoe's passion to end child trafficking. Mm -hmm. So we thought it would be interesting just for him to share his thoughts on how parents can reduce the risk for their children. So Chris, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, So, Chris, many of the parents that are listening to our show today have maybe quite young children, so they don't necessarily have access to their own mobile device, but they may be allowed to use a parent's device on long road trips, so maybe to play games and just keep them busy. So, from your perspective, what are some of the risks that the parents should be looking out for?
2: Uh, Well, firstly, if your child is using a phone or a tablet to play games, then you need to pay close attention to the in-app purchases and make sure that it's either switched off or requires a password that's only known to you. Many of these free apps hook kids and they can run up thousands of yen. And when they click yes to purchase advanced weapons, powers, or unlock a new level, it's especially confusing for children that cannot yet distinguish between buying things with in-game currency like coins or real money.
1: And that is very true. I found that it is not only in app purchases but also advertisements that pop up that parents should pay attention to.
2: Yes, that's an important observation. If you, you should be especially wary of free apps because um they often make their money allowing pop-up advertisements, and um, many parents are shocked to find out that these pop-up ads could actually expose their children to pornography, violent content, or even uh, the game itself may seem child-friendly.
0: Mm. So does it help to just follow the age restrictions on games, Um, so when the kids download the games to just make sure that they're age-appropriate?
2: Well, sometimes an app has a cute cartoon or like an icon that looks very child-friendly, but the app might allow your child to communicate with strangers. Many apps allow in-app video calls between players, or the players can exchange contact details via chat function. And then Um, connect separately through popular messaging uh, in apps such as Line.
1: That's true. Traffickers often try to build an um, emotional bond with children through their common interest in online gaming. We especially see boys falling into this trap as parents tend to pay less attention to harmful content for boys.
0: Mm, you're right. We're always focused on the girls, right? But yes. the boys are always at risk as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So Chris, uh, is there any software or filters that you can recommend to parents that they can install to keep their child safe?
2: Well, there are many uh, options available depending on each family's needs. I would recommend that parents just start uh, for internet filters in Google and then start reviewing them. Off the top of my head, I can think of Circle, Custodia, and Family Zone as some of the options. Specifically for Japan, though, I believe that there is a product called Eye Filter by Digital Arts. This product is uh, recommended by the Japan National PTA Council and is installed in over like 25,000 schools in Japan. So uh, parents in Japan can definitely look at this product as one of their options. Mm.
0: And how much protection does filtering software actually provide? Is it enough?
2: Um, I see some typical features include like logging of all the websites that your child visits. And then it actually a lot of them will be blocking explicit content and uh, it, you know, also setting of usage time limits, which is kind of important. You know, it's just really important to remember that software alone cannot protect your child. It provides an extra layer of protection, but the best is still to educate your child to make sure that they you know, make right decisions and know what to do when they're exposed to uh, inappropriate content.
0: Well, yeah, that is definitely the most valuable tip. Yeah, oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing these very, very valuable insights with our listeners. Much appreciate it.
2: Oh, you're most welcome. And uh, thank you for allowing me to join in.
0: Wow, Yuri, that was really interesting, right? Uh, I must admit, I've never actually thought about in-app purchases. But of course, that's quite an easy way to trick kids into spending their parents' money. Yes. And from a child trafficking point of view, I think Chris hit the
1: nail right on the head. When he talked about, you know, online gaming with strangers... In addition, parents should also recognize that their children can be exposed to various forms of harmful content such as pornography, hate speech, and
0: extremist content. And since the COVID-19 pandemic started, there seems to be a significant increase globally in the number of online trafficking cases. Yes. Mm. Uh, Also here in Japan, quite frequent reports now of cases where the children meet strangers via apps such as TikTok and Twitter. Mm. Uh, Actually, I want to point out a specific article. So in February this year... Um, there was a case that was reported in the Japan Today, and it was a 37-year-old elementary school teacher. And he got acquainted with a 14-year-old girl via Twitter mm-hmm. and convinced her to meet him at an internet cafe. Um, I think it was in Shinjuku. And he then abused the child, and he paid her 20,000 yen. Mm. And that, of course, is also against what Japan calls the child prostitution law.
1: Yeah, the example you cited is extremely common. Traffickers often disguise themselves with fake profiles on social media and pretend to be of a similar age as the child. Or they might not lie about their age but pretend to take a romantic interest in the child mm-hmm. in the case you um, cited. You know, this case was with a teacher, school teacher, right? So yeah. students actually Put more trust toward school teachers, like oh he he's in an educational um, department and he shouldn't do something bad. He shouldn't do something that's illegal or harmful to me. So kids often uh, fall into this kind of trap. Some exploiters don't arrange to meet in person, but first start with sexting, which is the exchange of nude or sexually provocative photos or films. Sexting is often the starting point to Mm -hmm. trick a child into sending content that can be used against him or her. Once a trafficker has possession of a revealing photo, um, he or she might start distributing it online and threatening to inform the child's parents or school if more images are not sent. Um, By now, sexting has turned into sextortion, which is a form of online trafficking.
0: Um, so let me just uh, summarize this again a bit Um, the issues that the parents should be concerned about are firstly disclosure of personal information so the age gender Mm -hmm. and location of the child Mm -hmm. Um, then as you said traffickers with fake profiles that engage with the children through chat or video features in these different apps that they are using Um, exposure to harmful content so typically clicking a pop-up ad in a A free, child-friendly game, as Chris mentioned to us. Mm. And then the most dangerous one, I feel personally, is the sextortion, where the child is tricked into sending a sexually provocative image, and Mm. then that is used against him or her.
1: Yeah, that's a really good summary. And you can see clearly that we have to be educated about internet usage to protect our children.
0: Mm. And um, in the discussion with Chris, we already touched on the internet filtering software as a kind of extra layer of protection. But what else do you think care, um, parents can do?
1: Mm. Yeah, I would say these are not rules, but just a recommendation where you can maybe um, take away and think about it and apply to your children according to their age and your relationship with the the child. Um, Based on all the different things, maybe you can take one of two uh, tips from this. Uh, Firstly, do not allow your child to have a computer with internet access in their bedroom or any area that is private where you can't see. Not even the uh, back seat of the car. Mm -hmm. Move it into the family room or some place where you can easily see the activity and set time restraints do not allow your child to spend hour after hour online if your child is wiping their the history every time or surfing in private mode mode then you should find out why And this happens very often when children are chatting with strangers or are looking at pornography. Mm. But make sure you don't shame them. Just talk to them with love and kindness and understanding. Mm. And this will give you an opportunity to observe and point out dangerous
0: situations, including giving you quality time with your child. Yeah, Especially younger kids, right? I think (laughs) your 16-year-old doesn't want to surf the internet with his mom, but (laughs) probably the small kids is so valuable. Exactly. And there's a
1: really famous, uh, sorry, popular game right now. It's called Doubutsu no Mori. And uh, one of my friends, um, she has a young daughter. And in, the mom actually decided to play the game with her yeah. and kind of explore this online game world. You know, they're like building houses together, building gardens together online. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, they said that it's it's very um, good time that they're spending. Yeah. yeah. Another thing is to teach your kids that when they come across any material that makes them feel uncomfortable, scared or confused, you know, to immediately tell you, tell you or another trusted adult when they do tell you, don't
0: freak out. It's going to take quite a bit of an acting job for parents to <laughs> remain calm, but that is the most valuable thing to do. Yes. When you panic, they will panic and not share again. Yeah, they're not going to tell you again. Mm. But yeah, it depends on the relationship you have with the kids.
1: So I can't really speak for all parents. But another thing is um, to teach your kids to never open emails from people they don't know in person. And make sure your child understands that he or she should under no circumstances ever meet in person someone they met online. And last thing, I will say, try to be present in their lives by engaging with them and showing them love and care um, daily. Because kids disconnected from their parents and friends are more vulnerable to Mm. trafficking and make sure that they know that you are there for emotional support no matter what happens when something dangerous happened children tend to feel guilty and try to keep it to themselves because they're so embarrassed you know Mm. which is dangerous because the trafficker can manipulate the child even more now that they are isolated emotionally and physically
0: excellent thank you for pointing that out So um, before we close for today, just some news for our listeners. Uh, We are currently in the process of updating our Zoe Japan website. And one of the resources is a free internet safety guide for parents. And we will make this available in both English and Japanese. Yes. And you can also
1: become an advocate to eliminate child trafficking by sharing this episode with your friends and family. And if you want to learn more about Zoe Japan, please go to our website at Gozoe.jp or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. But make sure you follow the internet usage guideline. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Privacy settings. Yes, please accept exactly. Zoe as a partner or a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, thank you so much for tuning in today and see you next time. Matane! Please support Zoe Japan. With your help, we can reach every person and rescue every child.